And welcome back to Fully Equipped Golf.com. Is Jonathan Wald here, joined as always by my colleague Andrew Tursky and True Specs Chris McCormick. It's Masters Week, guys. It's Masters Tursky already, Week. Already got a smile on his face. Let's he's go. pumped. I got the Masters tour visor on. I'm ready to go, man. Best I'm week liking of the, the year, lettuce man. hanging out. Got to let it got hang, nice man. Lettuce hanging out. Yeah, you yeah, got to let sure, it breathe. Sure. <laughs> Best week of the year to be a sports fan. It. Absolutely. Yeah, I am ready to get amongst it. Shout out, uh, <laughs> Golf Subpar Podcast. Do we get paid for, for, for giving Subpar a plug right there? Get amongst it. Hashtag get amongst it. I think we should I, I, did, I, I still don't get it. I still don't it's get trending. it. It's trending. It's trending right now. If you know, you oh, know, man. God. It sounds like you don't know. But uh, yeah, get amongst it. They got uh, some fire shirts in the in the pro shop, some Masters themes in there. Check them out. You're supposed to be we giving are... us plugs. Don't 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 give subpar any plugs. <laughs> we're, we're working on some fully equipped gear. Maybe by next Masters, we'll have some out. <laughs> that's that's a stretch, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll cross we'll cross our fingers and our toes, and, and maybe it happens. But it is Masters week. My favorite week of the year. Close close second, I'd say, is probably Open Championship week. I, I just I love waking up super early, and and you know you've got yep. golf that's been on for for half the day. But Set Masters the alarm week, for three a.m. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. Masters week is is again favorite week of the year. Just it for me, it's it is the official start of spring, you know. And for a lot of people around the country, it's it's kind of their, uh, you know, when they're able to kind of hit start on on golf season. You know, they've they've got from now until until the fall to to get in as much as they can, and and this is a great week. We we've got, I don't. This is a weird year for me, you know. DJ won, and and I know he's he's the betting favorite, but for for me this year, I, I think other than Spieth, it it sort of feels wide open. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's wide open, I, but Colin yeah. Morikawa is going to win. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get into let's get into the picks then. I mean, if if you're if you're going to say it, so you're going with Morikawa, Chris. Who are you going with? I there's a couple guys that I like this year. I mean. I'm gonna go way out of left field. Let's say, let's say Louis Ustazen. Louis, Louis, I sweet like swinging Louis. He plays yeah, well. He's got a chance. He the course chance. is gonna be firm and fast. All these guys are borderline complaining about how firm and fast it is already. I like a real straight hitter and a guy that hits his irons on an absolute string. We're going Colin Morikawa. Put the green jacket he's, on him. He's let's selling. Go. He's selling it hard. Colin Morikawa. Come on, now. selling it really hard. Um, I'm gonna go with with Mr. Nike VR Pro Limited. Um, I'm, oh, I'm gonna take God. Scotty Scheffler. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking Scotty Scheffler. I'm you took Aggie. that pick just so you could say the club. I know, dude. I'm an I am an. I know Aggie. how you get. He down. is a Longhorn. He is a Longhorn. This is this to me would be. I mean, it's almost sacrilegious to take a guy from from the school down in Austin, but I, I'm gonna do it. Um, Scheffler actually, I was looking at his, at his recent form. He's got three top twenties in his last five starts, finished runner up at the match play T19 last year in his first masters. And usually takes guys a few years to, to get acclimated to the greens. So I, I like his chances. I think he's going to surprise some people this week. I'll throw I'll throw a little bet down on it. Scheffler, Scheffler versus Morikawa, whoever finishes lower in the event. Let's go book it. What do you want? What are we, what are we betting here? Tursky? I don't know. Oh, here Chris, it goes. Chris, what do you think the bet should be for? Should it be for like some sort of punishment on the podcast or should we throw some money down? A, a podcast punishment? Uh, okay, do tell. What would the podcast punishment 
entail? I don't know. Like you literally can't talk for 15 minutes or something. How, like how about, how about I can't, how about I just, I can't mention Scotty Scheffler or, or Nike VR pro limited on yes, the next, he's banned. the next, he's banned for a <laughs> month, three podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Scheffler's banned for podcasts. a month for the podcast. I like it. Scheffler band. All right. There's like the Scheffler it. band. That's, that's I, our bet. What happens? And that I includes lose? the, and that includes the VR pro band. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't mention it for the next month. So, so if Morikawa loses, then you get a running two-minute segment where you could say anything about Scotty Scheffler and his VR Pro that you want. All right, got it. Done, done. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a pretty good bet right there. All right, beautiful. <laughs> we, we do have actual gear news this week. We're not just going to talk about our, uh, our make-believe bets. And, it, you know, it's, it's Masters Week, which means that guys are going to be making equipment changes. We'll get into some of the more common ones that, that players typically make for this week. But let's start things off with, with the biggest story. And it seems like for the last year he, he's been the biggest story just because of the changes he's been making to his gear. Bryson DeChambeau, this, this is going to be an interesting one. You know, Bryson last year was, you know, saying Augusto was a par 67. He was <laughs> working on a 48-inch driver to bring Augusta to his knees, um, you know, and I, I think a lot of players coming off of his win at the U.S. Open, they they believe that he had a chance to to do something special, kind of similar to what Tiger did back in '97, when he just completely blitzes the course, and they end up making changes to, to quote unquote tiger-proof the golf course. Bryson's looking at angles that you know no average tour pro, even the longer guys on tour, would even consider. And he doesn't throw the 48-inch driver in the bag, but Others actually go, hey, maybe he's got he's got a point. Maybe he'll go longer. You know, we saw Phil go with 47 and a half at Augusta. Uh, saw a couple other players go 48. Bryson didn't. Still super long. Been making changes, going back and forth with the drivers. We talked about he went back to the the Cobra, the King Limited. And, you know, a lot of people were wondering, what's the deal with the Rad Speed? Why isn't he using it? And Bryson shows up this week at Augusta with a brand new one-off rad speed that landed on the USGA conforming list on Monday. Uh, couldn't see a whole lot from the pictures. It's actually, if you're familiar with the rad speed colorways, it's the the pea coat and red, so kind of that blue and red color um, that Bryson wanted. But that's not the big story here. We're not talking color changes. We're talking face radius. Kind of an interesting one. Talk I mean, this him. this is. This is a weird this is a weird change for a lot of people because you know we we talk a lot about bifurcation and for people that that don't know what that is you know we've we've kind of discussed what the USGA has been contemplating uh, two separate sets of rules one one set of rules for you know professionals one set of rules for the amateurs you know what would that look like and this this to me is is a perfect example that bifurcation is alive and well in professional golf here we have Bryson. What he's trying to do at his 200-plus speed is is work on tightening the dispersion, getting more consistent when he hits it off the toe. He's not going to hit it out of the middle of the face at that kind of speed. So what do you do for your most common hits? You try and find a way to make them better. So they flattened the face radius on the toe side of this rad speed driver. And by, by making this adjustment, Bryson believes that he's going to be able to be more consistent when he misses it off the toe. It's a crazy change. 
I would not think that you'd see any other player on tour ever make this sort of a change. But again, when you're talking about speed that nobody else has, this is, this is what happens, that you're going to see complete one-offs. What, what was your initial reaction when you heard that Bryson was making this change, Dursky? I'm actually not surprised by it. If you've been listening to uh, Bryson press conferences throughout the last like couple of years, really, he'll throw in little nuggets about bulge and roll about how he's like not necessarily happy with bulge and roll or that it'll look a little bit different in the future. But also Bryson's on a different planet. I mean, you saw those uh, those Twitter videos of him hitting with DJ on the range at Augusta where he's trying to hit 211, and he just looks like he's swinging for the absolute fences out there. Like everyone else is just getting dialed in to play Augusta well and place the ball out there. And, you know, he's hitting home run balls. It's like... Obviously, you have to do something a little bit different with the design of your driver, you know. So I would say Cobra's in like kind of a a tough spot, just designing the driver for just him, you know. Like they they can't design a driver that's perfect for Ricky and all their consumers, and then also it's going to work perfectly for Bryson too, you know what I mean? So he has to have some sort of unique prototype that's going to help him at those speeds. Talk, Chris, talk a little bit about bulge and roll. What, what, for, for golfers out there that are listening that maybe don't really know what, what that is, can you, can you kind of describe it in layman terms for them? Yeah, absolutely. So for the majority of us out there, not the, not the Bryson's of the world, but if you look at your driver head, look at the face specifically, you'll notice not flat. So bulge and roll will actually be an engineering advancement designed to help those of us in the, in the normal realms of, of speed. And basically what that means is a ball that's struck out towards the toe is going to want to help to tilt the spin access and bring that ball back towards the center with a square face, you know, supposedly. And same thing, a ball that's struck towards the heel wants to tilt the spin access and bring it more left to right for a right-handed player and work it back towards the center. Uh, shots high on the face are going to be a little bit lower spinning shots low on the face are going to be a higher spin shot. I mean, everything is essentially designed to help the player keep the ball in play. If yeah. you were to compare, and, if you were to compare Titleist twist face, twist face to what Bryson did with his driver, like how, well, how did you different? say Titleist twist face? Did I say Taylor made? Sorry. You did. You said Titleist twist face. Sorry. Ti- sorry, Titleist. Sorry, Titleist. Taylor made. <laughs> sorry, Taylor made. Taylor made twist face. <laughs> still the question stands and what was the question how is how how is taylor made taylor made twist face different than what bryson's trying to do with flattening the face like how do both help you know what i'm saying so for those extreme speeds having less curvature is going to actually help him hit that ball a little bit straighter so what TaylorMade was attempting to do with twist face was basically for that player that strikes or misses the ball out towards the toe, it's going to want to spin it a little bit more and help to minimize the amount of axis tilt we see and minimize the amount of curvature and dispersion you see downrange. So shots struck on the heel, struck on the toe, don't necessarily curve offline quite as much for those of us in that average swing speed realm. Now you get into the the faster players and sometimes that type of technology is actually going to exaggerate the amount of curvature or the miss that you're going to see downrange. So him 
actually trying and flattening the face, just making the face more playable across a larger impact placement. I, I could see it working for him. So, I mean, having a, a, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with it. So it's the, the fifth version of Cobra's Rad Speed, this, this version that, that Bryson's using. So there have been different iterations. Some of the interesting changes, you know, when you, when you flatten out the, the toe section of that face, um, it actually required the Cobra engineers to remove the infinity faces on that CNC milled face. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just, you're, you're changing the, the, the curvature, the, the radius of that face. You're not going to be able to use the, the same face geometry. So you got to go back to the drawing board there. Uh, it's another thing that they ended up having to do is, is removing a lot of the, the weight. They actually removed the, the two weights in the bottom of the sole, the adjustable weights to, to sort of save some head weight. But this is an interesting one, and I think this is something that a lot of a lot of golfers out there probably noticed from the photos that have been posted on social media. There is a lot, a metric ton of lead <laughs> tape on this driver. So much I'm not lead I'm tape. not kidding. It it's it is impressive. It would make Scott Piercy jealous. I I'm I'm not <laughs> kidding you. It's it is it is a lot. So you you look at the bottom of this sole, and you're seeing three gigantic pieces of lead tape one going from basically right behind the face all the way to the back and then two others kind of just splitting off from that piece and going kind of towards the heel and the toe Um, what you don't see in this is that there is a piece of lead tape on the top of the crown as well is there i didn't see that one i just saw the sole yes i didn't see that either where is it on the top of the crown right down the middle right in the center (laughs) So it, it's supposed to help with the um, with head weight just a touch, add a, a little bit of head weight back to to that driver. But I also found out that where that tape is positioned is actually uh, it's actually going to help the guys that are going to be putting in the hot melt into the head. It kind of acts as a little bit of a guide for where that hot melt needs to be positioned within the head. And, and it's, it's not something that you typically would, would see a lot of, a lot of golfers do, especially out on tour. I see Tursky giving the skeptical face here. I just don't get what you mean by a guide. Like why keep it on there and actually play with it? If you just need it as like a guide, how does lead tape help on the top of the crown of a driver? That, that to me was the one I, I still haven't quite gotten an answer from, from anybody over there. It's wouldn't that make it less forgiving. Like especially if it's right down if it's right down the center, like you hit a hit a toe shot that has to like lower the MOI. No, one would I mean, not necessarily. The material they're using in the crowns is so light. Throwing a few grams back up on the crown, eh. okay. It's not going to just CG it, enough to completely change the dynamics. It's just these golf manufacturers like. Every year they work so hard to get, you know, half a gram out of the crown. And here's Bryson just laying a, a strip of lead tape down the center of it. That's classic. I love that. I need to see it. Reverse it's, engineering. I mean, so yeah, so my really. thing is, is, is he going to is he gonna actually play? If they put the, the hot melt in, is he going to actually play with the lead tape on the top? I mean, it kind of acts, the way that I saw it is it looks like it acts like, a, like an alignment yeah, right. So, I mean, it probably we, does we've work seen that pretty before. cool as an alignment but you know, maybe get like a sharpie marker out and throw a little, <laughs> like a tiny line up there or something. We don't have to go with lead tape. 
silver reflective yeah, lead tape staring it, it, right it's, in the face on the crown. Now that's now now we haven't even talked about that. What happens if it's a super sunny day out at Augusta? I mean, the weather calls for a little bit of rain, but um, there. <laughs> what I mean, you're right. That's that's a highly reflective material that's going to be uh, glaring right back at Bryson. So, oh, and it looks like I'm taking a look here on Getty. And there is actually a strip along the inside of the heel on the crown as well. It, like, is there lead tape on the face too? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it's literally everywhere on this golf club. I, I've never seen anything like it. I'll post. I'll post the uh, the photo on the fully equipped Instagram page of the of the crown. We're at fully equipped golf on Instagram. You should be following us there anyway. But if not, plug talk. That's our handle. There we go. Got got to get the Tursky plug in there. And anyway, it, it's it's just a very interesting design from Bryson. This this driver, I think the lead tape is is probably one of the the you know least talked about stories about this driver. Is you know yeah I get it you know trying to flatten out the toe to to improve consistency on those high speeds, but there's lead tape everywhere. It's all over the place. Even even a piece that I didn't know existed until I started looking here online. So um, yeah, it's a. I, I wonder how much lead tape you know how much that is. I mean, it, it looks, it looks like you use like literally the entire roll. That's what I'd be curious about because you have to use a lot of lead tape and move around a lot of weight to really influence CG and playability in those drivers. Yeah. I wonder yeah, what is... percentage of total head weight is lead tape. 50%. 50%. I, I think if Bryson throws into the bag, we'll, we'll get some additional details and an update. We have a story already up on the website with some quotes from, uh, Bryson himself, and also Ben Showman, who's the head of tour for Cobra. One of the things, and before we get to the next topic that I wanted to ask you, was Bryson said this driver that he's testing is three years in the making. Do you believe three him? years? Three years in the making is weird because didn't he uh, like just start putting on weight and gaining strength and having this goal yeah. like a year and yeah. a half ago? That, that felt yeah. like a little bit of a a little bit of a stretch to me. But I, like I, the part I, about I the bulge and roll, a little bit of hyperbole. The part about the bulge and roll, I might, I might believe him because he has been talking about that for a while, about like changing the structure of the face and the roundness of it. Um, yeah. Maybe I don't know. Three years seems like a lot. Yeah, three year, might be a year too much. Sounds like a lot. That quote, Sounds aggressive. Yeah, we're getting yeah. we're getting nitpicky on him. I understand what yeah. he's saying. But I, I do know that this is something that does take a lot of time. And, and as Bryson said, it was an all-hands-on-deck at Cobra and that they worked super hard to get it ready for Augusta. We'll see if it goes in the bag on Thursday. So next topic here. This is, this is a fun one. And I was watching the On the Range on Masters.com, which if you, if you just want to like glean some some insights from how the tour pros operate on a practice range how they practice during the week of a major on the range is sneaky good and you can actually sometimes get some some gear nuggets in there as well just because you know they're guys testing stuff and working through different shafts and different you know maybe different driver heads um notice something that dj was doing and and this is something that we had kisa barbro who is uh tailor maids head of tour on and he, he dropped this little nugget, but I saw it again and it kind of jogged my memory. So DJ's working on wedges on the range and in between wedge shots, every wedge shot, I, I kid you not, he goes back to the bag and he wipes off the face. Mm-hmm. And it, it got me, it got me thinking like, this is such a simple thing that makes a huge difference. And that's cleaning your grooves 
before before you before you hit the next shot. You know, you do a lot of golfers do it on the golf course, um, except for one guy in here I know for sure who rarely, if ever, cleans their grooves. We'll, Listen, we'll I, I clean it right before no, I hit yeah, a yeah, shot yeah, on the nope, course. Nope, if nope. Catch, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. Well, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna yep. we're gonna light you up here in a second. We're gonna All light right. you up here in a second, Tercy. I deserve it. Um, but it it highlights it highlights how tour pros go through their routines. I mean, this is such a small thing that makes a huge difference. You know, DJ a couple of years back really started working hard on his wedges. And one of the things that that Keith Sabarbro mentioned to us on on a past podcast, it's a really good one, by the way. We went deep on on DJ's gear after the Masters win. But it's the fact that he really wanted to work on spin consistency. You know, spin consistency, if you can get your spin rates pretty tight, you're gonna have a good chance to to hit pretty similar carry numbers. And carry numbers that that are pretty tight. I mean, unless you're hitting the ball all over the map, but you know, you probably shouldn't be if you if your spin numbers are tight. That's going to lead to lower scores. And it all goes back to just making sure when you practice. You know, you don't need a launch monitor like DJ to, to know are my spin rates pretty similar. Just keep your grooves clean as you're working with your wedges on on the on the range, on the short game area. It's going to give you a fighting chance to to, you know, drop one in there at, you know, inside 5 feet. And, and skip it in. If if your grooves are caked in dirt, if you don't if you don't take the couple of seconds to to just wipe it off with a damp towel, mm, um, you know you you might hit a little knuckler. You might hit it well, good contact, but you're gonna it could knuckle and and skip and go off the green. So this is this is my PSA to everybody out there. Follow DJ's lead. Clean your damn grooves, Tursky. That means you. And let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about what happened when you when you worked with uh, with Martin Chuck, who, who's one of the top instructors in the game. You were going and hitting little what like thirty seven yard wedge shots into a green, and Martin called you out and and basically said, "Dude, what 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 are you doing? You're." You're one of the the top gear minds in the industry, and you can't uh. keep your damn grooves clean. So at 37 yards with with grooves that were caked in dirt, what what was your spin rate? Yeah, so I was taking I was taking a lesson from Martin Chalk. Huge shout out Martin Chalk and the Raven. Um, I told him, you know, listen, I'm having a little little problem with the pitching game, chipping game, feeling a little yippy. He's like, let's probably just the grooves. Yeah, let's take a it. look. So we throw some balls down. He's got the track man going. I hit a couple shots. Yeah, 35, 37-yard shot with the 60. And the spin rates are coming out at like 3,200, 3,300, like really, really weak stuff. Not very good. Just balls that are floating out there. No bite, no spin. He looks at the the wedge face. He's like, Tursky, your mama. Your mama would be very upset at you. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. The way you're keeping these grooves, your mama would not be happy. Um, so we clean the clean the face off with a damp towel. Um, that's a nice little trick, by the way. You you get half the towel wet. You keep half the towel dry. Hit the face with the wet part. Dry it off with the dry part. Anyway, so we get the, the wedge grooves cleaned up. Next shot, same exact shot. I hit it the same way. We didn't work on technique at all. 6,700 RPM jumped up about more than double 3,400 RPM. So if you're looking for more spin and you're not cleaning the face of your grooves and keep in mind, this isn't a new wedge. Like I'm using wedges that are four or five years old. So they're not crazy sharp, but you get that dirt stuck in there. It's, it's not going to help matters. Talk about consistency too. Like 
some parts of the grooves they have dirt in them some parts don't i mean you have you have no idea what's coming out yeah that's 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 what i did want to point out is you it's not like you have a brand new 2021 wedge in the bag yeah you've got something that has dollar that has a dollar edge on your groove yep so and you're still you're still seeing spin numbers like that and that that's it that's all it takes very eye-opening very eye-opening experience yeah. man it hurt so it hurt it, though when martin when martin chuck was uh talking to me like disappointed father i mean that's just not what you wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> be like he twists he twists the knife too because he ends up cleaning your wedge for you oh. <laughs> yeah he didn't even let me do it myself he's didn't like let, let you me, do it he, he he's like let me show you how to clean your own wedge yeah let me show you how to clean it show you how yeah that's that's a dad move there for sure yeah so so it was so good but anyway you know, this, again, it just goes to show you it's the little things. It's it's not – you don't have to go buy new wedges. You don't have to do anything crazy to gain spin. It's simply keeping the grooves clean. It, it's something that, that, like I said, a lot of golfers probably do it on the golf course, but a lot probably don't do it when they're practicing. They're probably just, you know, hitting shots. Practice with a purpose. It, it, it's, again, if DJ's going back to the bag after every shot, all it takes is just stepping back and cleaning off the face. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to get it super, you know, super clean where there's not a, you know, a bit of dirt in there. But just keep it clean in the center. And and I think you're going to see more consistent numbers. It's And, again, if your spin numbers are off, if you do have access to a launch monitor and your spin numbers are off and your grooves are clean, then you know something's amiss. You know, that that could be a potential red flag, but it's simple. Just I'm a big clean. fan. I'm a big fan of uh, practice like you play, regardless whether it's like cleaning your clubs or whatever. I mean, a lot of people when they get to the range, they just want to start raking balls from the bucket, just rake, 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 and just kind of mindlessly swinging. Like, at least try to implement part of your routine in there. You know, pick a target, pick the shot you want to hit, step into the shot. I mean, that's really good practice. If you're just working on like one move in your takeaway, or you know, you're trying to work on your hip movement and the downswing. Like I get just raking balls and kind of building that muscle memory. But if you're really trying to practice and get better and learn a shot or get comfortable with a certain club or whatever it is, like go through your routine and treat it like you would on the course and swing at game speed or else it's kind of worthless practice, honestly. Amen. Yep. It's it practice like you play again. You don't, you don't have to treat every golf ball. Like it's like, it's, you know, an approach shot, uh, to shoot 59 or, or a drive that's gonna that's gonna put you in a position to win the club championship but just you know visualize what you're trying to do out there do do the little things keep keep your grooves clean and and i think you're gonna see some significant improvements <laughs> if you just do just do the small stuff seriously it's I, just I, a little I, no I seriously that. i think on the on the practice putting green too like a lot of people don't have like real serious practice putting sessions but everyone hits a couple putts before they go out to the course like when you drop a couple 20 footers down to try to get the speed right actually read the putt like take your practice swings like you would on the actual green so you can gauge like where your feels are at that day you know like treat the putt on the putting green like like what's going to happen on the first green you know or else it's worthless you're just like waving at putts on the putting green it's not going to help your feels shout out to get the feels man shout out tiger we're going to miss him this week Hope Tiger's yeah. safe right now and healthy, and he's enjoying the he's, Masters at home watching. It sounds like he's been in, in close contact with a lot of guys this week. Freddie, JT. Yeah. Uh, See Rory. what Rory said I, yeah. about his visit cool, to, to Tiger's cool. house? Really, really cool I love story. that. 
Yeah, Tiger didn't even yeah. know where the trophies of uh, the tournaments you won that and weren't the majors were. I mean, you got to love that. You <laughs> yeah, got to yeah. love it. Majors I, only, man. His mom has some, probably has some in storage somewhere. Yeah, it was it was a great story. Just showcase or highlights the, you know, like Tiger's always said, you, you prep to get peaking at four weeks out of the year. That's it. And especially Augusta. I mean, I feel like the well, Masters means like the most to Tiger, so he always wanted to peak for down. sure. Yeah, and I, I think for a lot of guys, it, if you were if you were to pull them, I think they'd tell you that the Masters is probably the most important tournament to them. What uh, about I mean, you? What probably... would you rather win? Masters. Okay. Life, life, lifetime. I mean, that's you know, U.S. Sure. Opens your ten year exemption. Masters is basically lifetime until they tell you, hey, bud. You know, <laughs> time you're, you're, shoot, you're shooting 80, you're shooting 85 time, time to call it quits. Hey, bud, but you, you still can get still to go, go to, to the dinner, but you still get to go to the up. dinner, which is, yeah. which is yeah. probably the, the coolest perk in, in all of professional golf for, for a major winner. I don't think it gets better than that. So yeah, it's a masters. It's not even close. Um, masters gear changes. This is, this is the last topic I wanted to get into before we go, uh, into the gear spotlight for this week. You know, the the masters if you didn't know which i sure a lot of people do I'm, I'm being a little bit sarcastic but it's only it's the only major that's played at the same golf course which means that players over the years as they play augusta national they they kind of start to see what they need to do to dial in their bag setup and, and i did want to point out there are five equipment changes that i've noticed players make Pretty much every year without fail, and unless we're talking about uh, a fall Masters, which almost never happens, um, these these changes are are pretty common. And I wanted to just run down them because you're going to see them this week. Low bounce wedges. So probably you know Tursky already mentioned it. Augusta's playing firm and fast. Spieth said that it was about as firm and fast as it normally is during Masters week, like two to three weeks in advance of this week. So you know. There are going to be some incredibly tight areas around the green. They still give me nightmares when I think about playing Augusta and the, the tight areas around the green complexes. Yep, yeah. Tursky's you didn't have to throw out. it in like that. <laughs> Come on. Yes, he did. So, so yes, yeah, he did. He did. He did. So, that was low, that was subtle. Yeah, that was nice. Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. Well, I did we would have done the same thing. That was yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, t- t- 2019 feels like a lifetime ago out with COVID and everything. Are we going to get still... into how you played? Like, have you talked about how you played on this podcast yet? I mean, like, give us a little I, bit. Come on. I played, I played, I mean, I played decently well. I, I, I doubled, uh, I doubled 18 and shot 82. Um, what was the that most was surprising after... hole that's like way different than you really thought? Oh man. Um, probably probably four mm. and I would say four and six, you know, I, I, you can see that there are, are, are se- severe elevation changes at Augusta, but the par threes in particular are, some of them are like six is, is crazy downhill. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot more than you, than you think. And so that, that to me was the surprising thing. I mean, you're, you're kind of going around going, all right, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have pretty much stock yardages into a lot of the holes, but that's not the case. You're usually having to club up or club down on almost every hole just because of the elevation. I, that, that to me was, was the most jarring, just, just those par threes on the front nine. Um, 
it's it, it's still it still kind of feels like a dream when you when you turn nine and go to ten. I mean, ten is so is so downhill, and you see it on television. But but to walk it like inside the ropes, going down the fairway, is just it, again, it's that's that's just like an eye opening experience to to see those severe elevation changes. Would you hit on twelve? How'd you do on twelve and thirteen? All right, I, those those were. It was 11, 11 and 12 for me were probably the most memorable shots of the day. So if people remember back in, in 19 when Tiger was during the final round, he was in that shoot of trees. He, he pushed it pretty hard to the right and he was in that shoot kind of, you know, that was the week. It was really wet that week. So they had this almost like a kitty litter down. It was, it was green. It was supposed to look, I don't know what it smelled awful. I will tell you that. <laughs> um, but from all the from all the, from all the patrons, I'll, I'll use the correct terminology. All the patrons walking around, but I they had getting amongst it. They were they, they were getting, getting amongst, amongst it that it. week, as much as they can without losing their badge. But yeah, I I had this almost the identical shot on eleven from the shoot. Um, and my caddy told me what I had to do, and I, I swear to you, I couldn't replicate the shot that I hit if you gave me a hundred more balls. He told me to hit uh, a you know basically punch punch a long iron and it was supposed to hit the top of the embankment and he said if you do that it's going to funnel down to the hole and sure enough I hit the exact shot he wanted and I hit it to 20 feet um on 12 the, the the coolest part was standing on the on the box and my caddy told me about the time that he was in a group with Jack Nicholas and Nicholas I guess always anytime he goes around with a group of friends at Augusta he always tells him welcome to Augusta National the you know the 12th hole the only play here is you take it over the tongue of the bunker if you're lucky enough to find the green you you know basically if you if you make a birdie you run and get the hell off the hole if you make a par <laughs> consider yourself lucky but that's the only play um but my caddy told me he's like but you're playing Augusta National the day after Tiger Woods just won, it's like yeah. fi- fire at the you fire at the effing flag, <laughs> and so I I mean I did I I I ch- the wind was swirling a touch I choked I choked down on a on an eight and just hit this little floater right at it and dart I darted it I mean twelve feet Let's missed go. my birdie missed my birdie putt by an app by a revolution but I just it's the coolest moment I w- I went even par through Amen Corner. Um, just like a like a pinch me moment, I actually had the shot Phil shot from the pine straw on uh, on thirteen, but just an incredible experience walking around that place the day after. I think for for me, it, it was like you could still feel the the electricity in the air when you're walking around the day after Tiger just won. It was it was a truly surreal experience, and that's like that's the way that if you ask journalists that have had the chance to play Augusta. They usually will will remember it by who the who the winner was that year. So mm-hmm. as you know, that was the year that we were one, or uh, you know that was the first year that Phil won, or whatever. It's I'll always remember it as Tigers. But yeah, just an unreal experience. But again, the the greens, the green complex is getting back to the gear changes. It's so tightly shaved around the 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 complex itself that you have to get a wedge that gets it really gets that leading edge really tight against the turf. Now. When you go low bounce, you know, you guys can attest to this. Going low bounce requires a lot of a, a very high degree of, of skill when it comes to the comes to the scoring tools. If you if you can't manipulate a wedge properly, low bounce is going to frustrate the hell out of you because you're gonna be hitting it thin, you're gonna be chili dipping it. Um it, it's it's gonna be really tough. And I think that's what gives me uh 
even more respect for how the the winners operate around Augusta. You know, the guys like Phil who throw in a 64 degree wedge at Augusta and still hit those like ultra flops from those tight lies. It, it is, it is so difficult. I mean, if you, again, if you aren't practicing those shots on a regular basis, it's, it's going to be scary. Be really scary. Low bounce wedges. So, not for me. Those are like razor yeah, blades, the, the leading edges. I mean, I don't yeah, know how to hit yeah. a wedge shot as well as these guys. It just slices right into the turf. I mean, I either rocket it over the green or I chunk it. So Yep. Yep. I'm a big uh, big believer in mid-bounce, high-bounce. Um, yep. I just want to say I'm really happy for you, J-Wall. Like, those sound like awesome memories. I'm crazy jealous, and I hate you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> just directing mutual I, hate I would, towards J-Wall. How I would, nervous yeah, were you on the first tee? I got more questions. How nervous were you playing it? Actually, I wasn't that nervous. And the only reason why was because the fourth in our group was late to the tee, and I wanted oh, to see if they, I wanted there. to see if they were going to if they were gonna gonna tell him, "Hey, bud, you're not here on time." So head on out. How are you late to that tea time? I mean, that's one you gotta be there. And it wasn't like, like four wasn't hours like early. Was, it wasn't like he was a minute late. Like he was five minutes late. Like we're milling around on the tea, kind of. And so I think my mind was just on like, where is this dude? Like he's gonna miss out on on playing Augusta the day after Tiger wins, like. Jeez. Are you serious? I'd ask him so what showed, his name is and up who on the was, but no, let's not call him out. I will say it was, it was one of his first rounds ever. Let's just say first that. golf rounds ever. Yeah. Wow. And it's at Augusta. Yep. Yep. Man. Yeah. Man, just that a hurts. Disappointment there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <sighs> it was it, anyway. That, but again, I, I think my mind was was someplace else. So by the time I stepped on the tee, there, there really wasn't. A, I didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it. Right, um, right. just, just smoothed it out there, kind of just in the, in the left rough and, and was on my way, but yeah, I did, didn't have a whole lot of time. Not a lot of first tee jitters. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just, just a weird way to, to start that, to start that round. Wow. Welcome to Augusta. Yeah. Here's your playing yeah, partner. Exactly. He's 12 <laughs> minutes late. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, but like I said, I was just waiting to see if he was going to make it. All right. Second, second equipment change that you're going to likely see guys make is going to less loft on their putter. Um, this isn't typically something that you're going to going to see a lot of amateur golfers do, but it is something that that you will see high level amateurs that play in in big events um, at courses where where the stimps pretty high. If if you're going with less loft on fast greens, the, the goal behind that is to get the ball on the ground as soon as possible. Um, it's typically the opposite the week of the open championship because the greens there are usually a bit on the shaggy side. Um, and by shaggy, I mean for, for major championship level. And so guys will go to more loft to kind of help the ball get up in the air out of, out of, you know, if it's in a little bit of a depression, we see players during the West coast swing when they're playing POA greens, you know, the ball has a tendency to sit in depressions on the green, a little bit more loft will kind of help get, you know, pop it out get it rolling exact opposite at Augusta. You want that ball on the ground as quickly as possible. So you will see players go with less loft. Um, sometimes even as little as like one, uh, two degrees aloft. I I've seen it over the years. Louis stays. And I remember went, went, uh, close. I think it was like a, a degree and a half, but, but that's, that's one of the, the more subtle changes that you're going to see fewer wedges 
and this is an interesting one because I think a lot of golfers would assume at Augusta you want to have more scoring clubs in the bag. But Lee Westwood actually said that he normally changes from a four wedge to a three wedge setup at Augusta because he doesn't really have a whole lot of shots from 90 to 140 yards. And so he basically said, what's the point of carrying a fourth wedge if you're not going to have a whole lot of shots in that range? Um, that's something that that rec golfers kid could learn from. You know, if you're going to play a golf course and you have a chance to take a look at the scorecard um, and it's maybe, you know, maybe it's a little bit longer than you're used to playing, maybe you're better off, you know, taking a wedge out and, and going with, with something else at the top of the bag, which is what Lee does. He says he feels like he's better off having a five wood for the shot into 15 or the one into two or having a hybrid or a three iron into 13 because he can't quite get around the corner like some of the other guys. So fewer wedges is another change that you're going to see. Higher lofted fairway woods um, or hybrids is huge on a firm and fast golf course. You will see plenty of guys. I think you're going to see a lot of seven woods. As we're recording this on Wednesday, we don't know all the final changes just yet, but I would venture a guess that you'd see a lot of five woods and seven woods this week. How many seven woods are we going to see? Because I feel like uh, – that really just over, started over last year, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. guys put I mean, seven it, woods in, but it started. But it started at the PGA Championship. It started at Harding. Mm. That was that was where we we saw a lot of guys five seven woods and nine woods. Um, even if, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick threw threw a nine wood in last year. So again, it, this isn't so much for at Harding. It was more because of the rough. It was so penal that you really needed to have a high lofted option coming out that had you know, a little bit of a wider sole to cut through that turf and then the higher loft to get it up out of, out of the rough. At, at Augusta week, you're looking for the exact opposite. There's not going to be a lot of, of heavy rough. You're looking to try and find something to have an advantage into those par fives, especially when, when you're looking at those second shots. So so five woods, seven woods, I think. I'll say over, under, over, under 10 seven woods in the bag this week. This is going to be tough to get an answer to. See, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll ask, I'll ask around. I'll, I'll, okay. try, I'll go and see. It shouldn't be that difficult for them to go through Daryl and and figure out who's got seven woods. Over I would say 10. ten. Ten's ten's a great number. Uh, I'll go over. I feel like yeah, I mean, I'll take I lofted over. fairway woods are hot, and Augusta playing firm and fast is like the perfect yeah. place to use one. Yeah, yeah. I know I, about I the agree. eleven wood. I'll, we'll, we're going to get into that one. I, I know okay. you've got a really fun story coming for for the website. Tercy's been doing some some cool tests. Some testing, uh, in, maybe. In the it's golf, my favorite the thing. I love lab. doing testing. In the golf lab, we, we've, we've got some fun ones. Not just like, you know, is is the, you know, the new driver better than the old driver. Like some cool tests that I think a lot of golfers are – uh, they probably have these questions, but maybe they they haven't done the test themselves. We're gonna we're gonna give you some some real answers, some hard data. Um, last change is a is one that you see pretty much for the majors, but but definitely this week when when Augusta's playing like this, fresh wedge grooves. Lots of guys are gonna be adding fresh wedges in. You want that zip, but. One of the things that you won't see is you won't see a lot of guys adding f- a fresh wedge the week of Augusta. Typically, guys will will throw a a new wedge in the bag and and get at least you know two maybe three weeks of of time working with those wedges just to dull the grooves a little bit. Um, it, it's it's they they want they want that zip, but they just don't want it to be razor razor sharp. So. Um, 
those those are the five changes that you're going to see again a lot a lot with the short game clubs um even even the putter on the, on the lower end of the bag and then high loft and fairway woods and hybrids we'll we'll get into the big changes on next week's pod uh assuming bryson puts this driver in the bag i'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about it but let's go from masters gear changes into this week's gear spotlight Tursky, you did a story on all the masters themed gear dude there there <laughs> feels like there's a ton of it this year in 20 in 2021 there is just a flood of custom masters gear i mean you go through instagram and twitter you know so many small companies are doing such cool stuff it's great i mean i love it i love custom masters gear but you look back like five years ago you know it was like three or four companies doing limited release stuff and now it's just it's flooded. So yeah, I went through the entirety of the internet to look for the some of the coolest <laughs> some of the coolest masters custom stuff. Um, I got two that are my favorite, but I'm a shoe guy. So like I love the the custom shoes. Shoes always get me Sneaker really jacked head. up. I mean, some people are like you know they like the staff bags, the head covers. I like that stuff too. But shoes are always going to be my favorite. And uh, Foot Joy. Footjoy has these peach cobblers. These oh, customers. So Have you seen these? <laughs> yes. Oh my. Limited God. to seventy-five. Good. Good. Good luck getting getting them. They are they are amazing though. Yeah, I mean, I love the Footjoy Classic silhouette, but um, Footjoy did it's their seventy-fifth anniversary, so they did one of seventy-five custom shoes. Um, they got like peaches and cream. The the um, the sole. And then they got like clean white uppers, hits of uh, green and yellow. They're just beautiful, beautiful shoes. One of 75, I'll never see them. Probably never see them in person. But um, got a shout out to Peach Cobblers. And then Adidas, they uh, they got green Stan Smiths that are new golf shoes. You know, usually a tennis shoe guy. Stan Smiths are like classic street culture um, They're They're, they're shoes. some of my favorites. I love yeah, Stan yeah, Smiths. yeah. Yeah, Stan Smith, great shoe. Um, but yeah, he came out with the golf version. They got a little little throwback look on them. Um, little, I guess we'll give a, we'll there. give a little we'll give a little plug if you want to check out the story. Head over to golf.com. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of super cool stuff. I love I love it. I just love the Masters. The green and yellow is like the perfect is the perfect uh, recipe for like great custom stuff. And then you throw a little pink azalea in there, and then you number it. Really gets me going. You know? If you number, <laughs> number it, it, you know it's going to sell. You number it, man. You number it. Got to number it. I had some Adidas, Adidas azaleas. They were just like the uppers were just all pink, and then um, the the soles were green, and they were numbered, and I still rock them every now and then. Like I'll rock them off the golf course. They're just fire. So it, one of the interesting things about all the, the Masters team gear is is you can't actually call it Masters. You can make it look you, – you can use the colors. You can use an azalea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you, you got to call, you know, the you know spring collection or the azalea collection. Yeah. You Everyone know, calls they're, it they're azalea. collection. I mean, that's that's the trick. Just call it azalea and you're good. Pimento cheese. I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pimento. Cricket has a pimento Cricket cheese shirt. Cricket the pimento shirt, yeah, yeah which is yeah, clean, yeah. which is really clean, yeah. by the it's way. Real, it's really clean. I'll, yeah. I'll say my favorite out of all the ones that you mentioned in, in your story, the Western Birch Azalea Golf Tees. Yep. They're, they're super reasonable, like 13 bucks, I think, is what, is what they cost for, uh, for a box of 50. And they've got the, the yellow and green stripes 
plus the the azalea on the top where you would put the golf ball. It, they, they're, I mean, I, I probably buy, man, how many, how many boxes of, these? of those I, things? How many boxes can I buy until my wife <laughs> kicks me out of the house? Yeah, what's it the would, limit uh, on purchases? But yeah, every, yeah, like, what, yeah exactly. Like everything I put on the list is either like a one on one or you got to enter a giveaway. Like that's actually a realistic option where you could actually buy some custom tees. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's there's there's a lot of good again, a lot of good master stuff. Go check out the story. Um, everything from, you know, masters inspired SIM two drivers to the new staff bags that the tour pros are going to be having. The Callaway one this year is really strong. Mm-hmm. Love, love the spring colors on that. Very colorful. Um, yes. Very, very colorful. Go check out the story. A lot of gear. A lot of it is, uh, is still for sale, but act fast. And if it has a, uh, if it's numbered to something, just assume that it's probably already sold out. I think the Masters Get Amongst It shirts are already sold out. I'm serious. Another another plug for uh, for. It's subpar. not even a plug. They're sold out. You can't get them. Uh, it's yeah. Can't plug something sold out. Well, you can. You can definitely plug something that's sold out. I just did. Yep. Kersky, did you get to see the? Uh, did you get to see the? Maybe, maybe we've done that, that before. Kersky dropped yesterday. Putter covers that who dropped? That swag. Yes. That Ooh. gold jacket, green jacket. <laughs> Yeah, we'll which finish one, wait, the rest of this? it, but Chris? it's it was like the Happy Gilmore quote. Oh, with the gold jacket? Uh-huh. Yeah. Really cool. A little provocative. Yeah. That'll get the people going. That was that's yeah, that was, stole my line. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I tried to get my hands on one and they were gone in seconds. Oh my goodness. Chris Chris trying to get the master swag too. I wouldn't have taken you for uh for a master swag guy. But I'm I'm usually not, but that uh that cover was uh, it was a little edgy, a little funny, and yeah, I yeah. I wanted to get my hands on one, but I was not quick enough on the add to cart button. Swag, I'd like, swag. I'd does. like to say I'm too cool for like master swag and the custom stuff, but I'm just not, man. I just I just love it. Now you're you're not you're not there yet. You you, you got a few more years until, until all the cool kids are doing it. I haven't yeah, got to right, play it. Right. You know, you got to give us something, Jaywalk. Well, I know in in each in each passing year this year we uh, still still limited media credentials at Augusta. Yep. So Thursday not going. Gonna have to wait until next year, which means I'll have to wait until the year after that to go. It's uh, tough tough goings around the uh, the golf dot com gear stable. So that we'll, new media we'll get, we'll center looks so cool too. I haven't yeah, even been inside it's, it. It's it's phenomenal. Dang it! It it, it feels like it feels like a hotel. But all right. Last thing I want to get into, a couple mailbag questions, Masters-themed mailbag questions. First one, what's the most iconic club in Masters history? Tiger Scotty Trillium. In your opinion. Next next question. You go (laughs) Trillium? Yeah. Chris? It's it's hard to go anything but that. See? That's what I'm saying. Chris knows what he's talking about. There's... I mean, there's a ton of iconic shots. Most iconic club. Yeah. I mean. Boom. Done. Next gosh, question. I wouldn't, I wouldn't no, even Jay, know. What do, you, what do you got? Jay? I mean, yeah. I, I just, I hate, I hate <clears throat> agreeing with you guys. I, but, it, but it's true. I mean, that, that putter really, I mean, okay. So the, in 93, when, when Bernard Longer won the Masters with a classic one, that was pre-Titleist but it was still a Scotty Cameron design putter that really put Scotty on the map. Um, but you know, a lot of people don't really remember that putter. 
you you think about if you were to ask somebody what was the putter that put Scotty on the map, they would say the Terrellium. I think it's absolutely the the insert the insert. You could see it. You knew whose putter it was. Everybody wanted one. It was so hot. I mean, you. I remember being in middle school and you couldn't find the damn thing. It, they 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 were sold out all over the place. And of course, trying to get one when you're lefty is even more difficult. But yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck. It's there. Yeah, it good is. Luck. It's yeah. From from a pop from a you know like golf culture. You know that that was that was really the putter that I know got a lot of people into into the into the sport. I mean, if you get a Scotty Cameron in the bag, like. That was a big deal. Even if you that's probably should have been putting with That's it. what I'm yeah. saying, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I'll, you were going to say Frankenwood. I, I really thought you were going to say Frankenwood. Well, I mean, but the tough thing about Frankenwood is just is just the fact that it was a complete one-off. Yeah. You know, and, and that's – It didn't shift golf culture the way – Yeah, not not like not Tiger's, like Tiger's putter in 97. Yeah, that yeah. that really changed the the landscape, the, the equipment landscape, I feel like. Um, question number two. Favorite gear storyline from Masters history. All right, it, it's it's the most it's the most macho equipment change maybe in in golf history. Phil Mickelson carrying two drivers and winning a second green jacket. Okay, two thousand and six. Okay. I mean, here's a guy who who's like, you know what? I, I don't I don't need that that I don't need a, another club in the bag. I'm just going to carry two drivers because I'm gonna, I'm going to need to work it both directions. It's it's such a macho move, and it's totally Phil to do something so off the wall like that. But for him to go and win at Augusta with two drivers the very first time is just that. That to me, I, I don't know anything that even comes close. It's it it's it's the top of the equipment pantheon for me. It's it's so good. Two drivers, Phil, two thousand six. End of story. Can you read the question again? Is it favorite or is it the best favorite? Story line? Yeah, favorite favorite gear storyline. So basically, like okay. the best the best gear, you know, whether it was an equipment change or or whatever, it's the your favorite gear storyline from from the Masters. Okay, because I was I was reading something the other day, where I guess it was like 2011 around there. K, KJ Choi had four hybrids in the bag, and his highest iron was a seven iron. <laughs> <laughs> Playing Augusta, a thirteen no wood? six, no six iron in the bag. <laughs> did he have a thirteen wood? Did he? Did he? Uh, was no, yeah, make Allen who, who hybrids, won US Open with thirteen wood. He must have had one or two fairway woods, four hybrids, and he went seven through pitching wedge. KJ That's Choi, amazing. man, Masters legend. That's, like he'll probably be on the top of the leaderboard on Thursday at some point. Equipment legend. We 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 should try and find a way to get him on the podcast. I'd be I think down. He's, I think he's, hey, KJ. He's. Yeah, I think he's, yeah. I think he's based in Dallas. He's, he's been outside of the box on a lot of stuff through the years. I mean, he was rocking yeah. the uh, rocking the huge original Superstroke grip before it was a thing. Yeah, for sure. That was he's, like the I've, barrel I've, of a baseball bat, not like the grip on a baseball bat. That was like the fattest yeah, had, butter grip I've ever seen. It had screws in the grip that you had to <laughs> attach it to the shaft with. I mean, that thing was it was a beast. Rumor, yeah, rumor has it he, he's he's uh, in possession of one of the largest collections of golf equipment known to man. Really? Yeah, I've heard I've heard his collection is legendary. So he's in Dallas. Passing. He's in Dallas. He passing, uh, he's in Dallas? I, I think so. I think last last I'd heard he was he was in the go Dallas. Stop area. by, maybe, man. Maybe, maybe we should go knock on his door and just see if he'll uh, let me sift through his gear. Go stop I'd, by. I'd turn the Instagram live on. I'd love to see that. 
Yeah, right, yeah. absolutely. Jesper's was pretty you, good. Will you bail me out of jail when uh, when uh, when I he calls get, the cops uh, on you? Get arrested for trespassing. As long as, long as you're yeah, willing I got to do you that. back. I got you all back. Right, cool, it's cool. It's, a it's worth it for content. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, all about the story. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's all that matters. All right. Well, I hope everybody out there, including all of us, I, I know we're going to enjoy watching the Masters. Everybody, you know, take take a couple days off. You don't have to work Thursday or Friday. Just just tell them that, that uh, Jay Wall said that that was okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, and pig out on as much gear – or not gear – well, gear content. We, we'll be posting any gear changes, but pig out on as much Masters content as possible. And with that, that'll do it for Episode 85 of Fully Equipped. If you want to check us out on social for more gear news, we're at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram and at Fully underscore Equipped on Twitter. Enjoy the Masters. See you next week.